Hello everyone, this is Owen and welcome to the third episode of Four Questions. Today I am with Pastor Joel, the college minister at Wellspring Church here in State College, Pennsylvania. Um, so Pastor Joel, feel free to introduce yourself and we'll start. Yeah, it's good to be here Owen, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Joel Vint, I have a wife Sarah, three kids, five, three, and three months. And so we moved here just about a year ago to start uh, this church and college ministry, Wellspring Church and college ministry called the Salt Company. Uh, I became a Christian my sophomore year in college at Salt Company in Ames, Iowa, Iowa State University. Quickly got plugged into Cornerstone Church, the church that that Salt Company was um, a ministry of. And so uh, just my passion is to uh, know Christ and make him known wherever I'm at. Okay. Thank you, Joel. Um, so this idea of four questions, um, a couple years ago I came up with this idea of asking four simple questions to ask across denominations, across passes, just to see how wide those answers could be. So this first question is not really about, um, salvation or Jesus, but I think it's still a core doctrine because baptism and the Lord's Supper are two of the most important institutions in the church. Yes. So in Wellspring Church, in your own experience, what is baptism, what is Lord's Supper, and what's the significance of those things? That's great. That's a great question. Well, we practice both baptism and the Lord's Supper. Practice full immersion baptism. Uh, baptism comes from, you know, Jesus um, on his last... Uh, you know, he, he said to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. And, and so we believe that we're to baptize people. Baptism is a public declaration of an inward reality. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And so we encourage people, when they come to faith in Christ, when they trust in him, to publicly declare that. Go under the water that life was is now over and new life in Christ come up out of the water starts when you come to faith in Jesus and so we don't believe baptism saves we do believe it's very important though to declare that you're a Christ follower and you're on Jesus's team now once you become a Christian and um, so Lord's Supper uh, we practice that every week at Wellspring we take communion every week uh, it comes from Jesus's last supper um, with his disciples he took uh, the bread, he tore it, said, this is my body, it's going to be broken for you. This is the cup, um, this, is, this is like my blood being spilled for you, and drink of it, eat of it, and do this in remembrance of me. And just uh, not long after he had that, that last supper, he went to the cross, and on the cross he said, it is finished. And so when we take communion, we're remembering that it's finished, that it's been provided for, much like a meal's been provided for you, that communion and, and salvation has been provided. So we believe uh, that we, we just forget that all the time as humans, and we need to remember that constantly. And Jesus said, yeah, you should do that. You should remember um, that this is provided for you. Rest in what I've done for you. It is finished. What's finished? Everything necessary to please the Father and to satisfy him has been done by Christ, and so our trust is in Him, and so we, we come to the communion table every week at Wellspring to remember just the gospel and what's been provided for us. Yeah, thank you. Um, so for these next three questions, um, the way I kind of look at them is like three different questions, but really the same question asked three different ways, because all three kind of play off each other, 
um, if one of them's the answer to one of them is going to affect how you answer the other two. Sure. So just to begin, begin with um, Jesus, the central figure of Christianity, the one who started it all, the one who, you know, basically caused the revolution in the old, you know, in the, in the Roman Empire around that time. Sure. So in Rosemont Church, in your life, who is Jesus? What is his importance, and what role does he play in Christianity? Yes. So we believe that Jesus is fully God. And Jesus is fully man, but he's both. And Colossians says that he's the exact representation of God. Uh, Philippians says um, that he's in the very nature God. So we believe he is divine, God, a member of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, fully God, but also fully man. Hebrews talks a lot about how he had to be man, how he had to, he can sympathize with us, not like um, someone that didn't experience what we do, but he became a man for us. He was God, uh, and remaining what he was, he became what he was not. He became a man so that he could die a sacrificial death, live the life we could never live, perfect, die the death that we should have died with um, our sin towards God. And so um, we believe that uh, he came to earth, sent from the Father, he accomplished salvation, he died on the cross. He wrote, He came back to life, rose again. He's ascended to heaven now. He's ruling and reigning in one day. He'll come back to take those that uh, that know him and have a relationship with him. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, this next question um, is what is the gospel? Um, this is kind of like the whole point of after the four gospels, um, basically everything after that is like, the disciples taking this good news, this mm-hmm. gospel out to the world. Mm-hmm. So, if I were to stand before you, not a Christian, what would you tell me this gospel is um, and the importance of like what it means? Yeah, that's a great question. Gospel means good news. And you can't have good news unless you sort of know the bad news. And so we, we believe that God created us and He had a great design. And... Um, with love, he made humans out of the overflow of, of just love. Not that he needed us, but um, but just out of his goodness, he created humans. And the humans rebelled. We we see that in Scripture in Genesis that we've, we fired the first shot at him. We sinned, and he had rules for us to obey. In fact, just one. Don't eat of that tree. You can eat of all these other trees, but don't eat just that one. And, and we said, no, I, I'm not going to trust you. I'm going to do it my own way. And since then, we've been trying to reach God. We've been trying to say, no, I'm good enough. I have it. I'll be made right. Sort of like sowing fig leaves, proverbial fig leaves over us um, to kind of hide the shame. We're, we're, we're kind of ashamed of who we are. But the good news, the good news, the gospel is that even there in Genesis, God says, I'm, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you. I'm, I'm going to live the perfect life that you can never live and die the death that you should die in Jesus. And if you place your faith in me, what I accomplish for you, you'll be saved. And that um, you, you will be saved and that when that happens, we get the Holy Spirit. He comes into our life and actually helps us obey God the way that we should, the way it was originally intended in the garden. And so we get back to his original design um, when the Holy Spirit comes into us and helps us obey, know his word, and love people the way we originally were intended to. Yeah. 
and kind of to piggyback off of that, um, this last of my main questions, um, what is salvation or how are you saved? Um, definitely in the world today, I would say that's probably the biggest, I guess, I, don't, I guess I don't want to say um, disruption in the church, but essentially in terms of the world, biggest yeah. disagreement. Right. This idea that a majority of Christian churches would say that you know, salvation is exclusive, that you know, Jesus is the only way. Yeah. While there are many philosophies that say, you know, sure, you can go with that, but in reality, it's just a mountain with many paths that right. we're all going to get to the top eventually. Yeah. So in Christianity, is there like an exclusiveness to it, or does God have some great plan or everyone's going to be okay? Right, yeah, we believe that Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Um, no one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4.12 says, there's no other name under heaven. They're given to people, which we must be saved other than Jesus. Jesus is the only way people will be saved. Acts 22.21 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and that's open for anybody any race ethnicity any uh, background of person we believe that you come as you are you don't clean up first and then get accepted you come as you are and the prerequisite to become a christian to be saved to be born again is empty hands you you say i've, I've got nothing and i have um I've sinned against you. I've done wrong. Will you please forgive me? Give me a new life. And 2 Corinthians 7.10 says that's godly sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to salvation. There's another sorrow called worldly sorrow. Is It's basically I got caught, you know, and you're not really sorry to a holy God. And we believe that doesn't, that doesn't save. And so if someone is saved when they understand that God loves them, but they've rebelled against them and that the only way they can they can be saved is to call on Jesus, the one that accomplished it for them, to be saved. And that they're saved right then, that they can never lose their salvation. Uh, I like to say that if we think we could lose our salvation, we must have thought we did something to earn it. It's a, it's a salvation that's secure, not based on our performance, but on Jesus' performance for us. And so then all of life is just on, in a grateful response to that great love uh, displayed in Christ. So, I call this podcast the four questions because the previous four questions I've asked are, in my opinion, by far some of the most important in the Christian faith. However, when I came here to State College for the summer, I noticed almost like a 50-50 divide among the churches I saw with some churches displaying some sort of gay pride on their windows or maybe have a flag. So it became really interesting for me coming from the South where you know, not many churches are like that. Right. Um, and in reality, this is one of the most div divisive things in the whole church right now. Um, so in Wellspring Church, in the way you know, the Wellspring Church views the Bible and um, a biblical relationship, um, what does the Bible have to say about homosexuality, sin, or just, uh, just a life that you can live if, it, if it's you know, a good, loving relationship? Sure. How's that defined? That's a great question. Well, I'll first say that uh, I believe that the majority of humans are sexual rebels needing to be clothed in the radiant purity of Jesus Christ. Homosexual, heterosexual, whatever. I know my story includes not the best path in that area. 
and I needed to be clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And so we do believe that anything outside of God's design and definition in His Word is sin. And so He's defined in Genesis that it, uh, sex is to be between one man and one, one, one woman uh, for life. And anything outside of that is out of His plan and is, is, is sin. And that, that also includes lust, uh, includes adultery, uh, just many sins from people coming all over the spectrum in, the, in this sort of in the sexual area. And so uh, we love homosexuals. We want them to come to our church. Like we say, we want everybody to come as they are. Uh, we love people that have had a really hard past in that area, heterosexual, homosexual. Um, so we always say, come as you are, and we always say, let's not stay there. Let's get to God's good design. He knew what he was doing when he designed us, and so let's, in love, walk through that with each other. We're all in need of grace. doesn't matter where you're at in the spectrum, and so we want to be a church that is full of grace, but also full of truth, and, um, and see good redemption happen in that area and we believe we've seen it and we and we believe that it will continue to happen if we we hold out christ like that well um thank you pastor joel for joining you for this short interview um is there anything else you'd like to say before we close out i think that's it i appreciate uh you having me on and uh i wish you all the best in your future endeavors okay um thank you everyone for tuning in um and yeah you have a great and wonderful day bye